Are you ready to run your short-term rental business like a super host? If so, look no further than Guesty for Hosts. Guesty for Hosts offers listing management for all three major OTAs, Airbnb, Booking.com, and Verbo. With Guesty for Hosts, you can create a branded direct booking website in minutes. I've been able to hit 61% direct bookings in my business and automate daily tasks such as communication with cleaners and communication with guests. Click the link in the show notes to get an additional $20 off your first month. Welcome to Live, Let, Thrive a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live, Let, Thrive. What is up, Micah, man? It is a beautiful Monday and I'm chilling, Stevie Stacks. How you doing? See, only a, someone who don't work a uh, nine to five job will say it's a beautiful Monday. No one, <laughs> no one ever says that that has to go take their ass to work on Mondays, man. Shit. I did take my ass to work. It's just I wow. work in the comfort of my man cave, me, my wife, and my kids, and it was a beautiful day. You work for you. You work for yes, you. <laughs> you ain't trying to make someone else win. terms. <laughs> well, it is great to be back on your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, booking.com. Short-term, mid-term, long-term rental podcast in the world that is Live, Let, Thrive. And we're coming at you from Fort Worth and Arlington, Texas. And we have a special guest, Mike. Who we got, Steve? A special, special guest and a super, superman, a super SCR hero in the house. I'm fumbling my words, but it's a Theron Lewis, everybody knows Theron, man. He's out there saving the day for all of us short-term rental peeps. Let's give a big hand for all he's doing for the community. And um, yeah, man, Theron Lewis is hopping on our show finally. Who's Theron Lewis, you ask? Well, (laughs) he he wrote a little bio for me. He said (laughs) he has saved millions of people from unfair STR government bans and has a proven system that has never never failed that can help virtually all cities worldwide so he's out there fighting the good for a good fight for us and and keeping strs alive in our cities welcome to the show theron hey it is a pleasure to be on this is a long time coming long time listener and uh happy to happy to make my debut on the on the show great stuff Awesome. I hope everybody's watching this on YouTube because you can see he's literally wearing a superhero outfit, man. It looks like yeah. Superman, but yeah, it says STR hero on the front. Y'all, y'all gonna miss half the 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 value. Well, what's, what's, what's like this? Y'all miss 15% of the value. You'll get a ton of value on how to save your short-term <laughs> rentals from bands, but yeah, it's the the, the the visuals make it make it even better. And I just realized something. You can't spell hero without Theron. Or you can't spell Theron without hero. You got hero in your name. Steve, wait a minute. Whoa. <laughs> I've had this name 32 years. Major myself right now. 32 years. We work, we've worked on this branding for, for for almost two years at this point. Never thought about that. I'm you never that thought down. about that. It's right in the middle Holy of your shit. name. H-E-R-O. Right between the T. And the end, you got the hero. That's it. I, I, just need, I just need to do something with the S, but that's it. No, literally, that's it. He's a creative. Almost all the letters. This is, man, see? I didn't think about that either. Like, I, hey, hey, everything happens for a reason. That's all I got to say. That's what's up, man. Those are your real muscles in that suit. 
Uh, you know, about uh, about 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 eighty percent of them. You know, they got 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 some uh, what is it? With some some costume foam over here. Let, 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 let's just say the construction of this suit, I, I was not able to uh, to not have this on here. I, I can't say where I got it from. You know what I mean? Mm. Did some alterations, but uh, but yeah, yeah. No, it, so you're not you're not stuffing anything anywhere in that suit. I'm not stuffing anything, but it, it, it just it it, it it didn't come without it. The 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 base suit it had to come with this with this right here. Right. I, I wouldn't want to lie. All of this is me. This is uh you know eighty percent eighty percent me right here. You know what we, I mean? We had some we had some ladies in the back chat mentioning um if the, if if everything if anything was stuffed in that suit. So I don't know, man. Oh man, I don't know. It's it's. <laughs> Tell them, tell them it's it's uh what's the word? It 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 is it is it is it is it's 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 to 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 leave stuff to the imagination. To hold things off, not to not to embellish. You know what I mean? Trying to keep it professional, kind of you know, you know. So, I, so when I do that, I, I, there's 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 fake muscles right here. But uh, but what can you do? What can you do? The suit 2.0 will have. It'll be all me. It'll be all me. Just always wear the underwears on the outside, and you'll be fine. Exactly. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Traditional superhero uh, attire. Nice, man. Welcome to the show, dude. Enough about the superhero uh, outfit. Please tell us how you got your start in the short-term rental world. For sure. So I like to call this my origin story. Pun completely intended. Um, but yeah, it's it's something that now a lot of people, millions of people are dealing with all over the world. So uh it's a, it is a heck of an origin story and it is pretty serious. So on the business side, at the very least. So um, I started uh, becoming an advocate for short-term rentals when I put everything into my short-term rental business, left my job, put my entire savings into my business, you know, was out to prove people wrong, was out to make something of myself. I had a nice engineering job, but I hated it to tell you just to straight up. I hated it, couldn't stand it, wanted to, uh, you know, have my own business and and be my own boss, et cetera, and, and, and really achieve the dreams that I had. You know, I wanted to create something. And I did that, uh, got a uh, my short terminal business in Detroit to 10 properties at that time and, um, you know, was able to replace my income, was able to just, you know, really achieve my my initial goal. And I thought everything was going smoothly, but I uh, got a. And I never forget it. It was on uh, goodness gracious Google Alerts. I don't know if you guys know this, and this is actually a good tip. I'm gonna just drop one gem already. If you go to Google Alerts, you can actually put in keywords. So whenever something comes up in um, in the on the internet that Google picks up, if it has those keywords, it'll alert you via email. And I'm glad I did this because I, I had Airbnb Law Detroit as my keywords. And all of a sudden I built my business. I had spent years building this up. I have 10 properties and I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I've, I've finally made it to where I need to go, where, where I need to go in life. And all of a sudden I get this alert saying that there's this um, news publication, Detroit Free Press, that's reporting on the city of Detroit banning short-term rentals mm -hmm. in two weeks. So they were gonna be voting on the ban in two weeks and up until then, all of the preliminary votes had been unanimous. And, and again, this is stuff that nobody knew about. Nobody was talking about this. This is all stuff done at city council meetings where nobody was was present. And I mean, you know, there's a lot of cities that are having these issues right now. This was in the past where this was new information. So long story short, 
I built this business and, and took me years to build and I was going to lose it in two weeks. Hmm. So that was my uh, the beginning of my origin story. And at that point, I had to learn to how to how to be a hero. I had to learn how to save my business and it ended up being me trying to save my own business. Uh, it ended up turning into me saving Detroit as a whole from the short term rental ban, getting the ban pulled and uh, solidifying our hold with the government, meaning we've created relationships where they're not going to do a ban like that again. So that's really my origin story. Went from almost losing my business to learn uh, due to a bad ban, uh, to learning how to advocate for the industry and stop that completely. And I also grew my business uh, exponentially from that too, because of the connections that I made. Because when you do this, this stuff for your community, they remember that. It's not something, it is, it, I, you know, it was something that I spent money to do, right? But it was not a thankless job. You really, you know, people really support folks who are um, looking out for them and being a hero to their community. So long story short, that's my origin story. That's how I got to where I am today. And now we've done the same thing in 10 cities and counting. And yes, as of today, we have not had a loss yet. And I'm not the type to say that there could never be a loss, but I'm always very objective with these things. But the, 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 the fact of the matter is those are undeniable facts that you, meaning that this is a great thing for the industry. This means that we have a real out when it comes to these unfair regulations that are banning millions of people worldwide. There's really an easy solution to solve this for the industry and save it. <clears throat> Man, you bring up a bunch of stuff here. I got, man, I just loaded up three questions based off this, but I'm going to start with the first. So how did you go about stopping the Detroit ban? Like, what was the process in that? Because we're very interested because we've gone through a few bands. Steve's gone through like two or three in cities he's operated in. So like, yeah. what, what was that process of how did you stop that ban? For sure. And you guys are located in Dallas too, right? Don't you guys have properties in Dallas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. We're, we're so right. I, yeah. Let's just say I know a lot about that, and I I I, I, I want to talk to y'all about that too. So uh, hopefully I can help you guys in Dallas as well. Um, but to to go back to Detroit, it's the same strategy that we use in all the other cities, and that's the beautiful thing about this. The issues, even though they can be varied, there can be differences in cities. Really, the solution is the same. It's a big awareness issue, and. Obviously, it's not as simple as just, hey, saying, hey, you know, going to city council meetings and saying, hey, we're great for, you know, we're, we're great actors. We're not, you know, doing the bad things that they say that we're doing in mass. Those are very a minority of folks, blah, blah, blah. That's not enough. It, you have to do it a certain way um, so that you can achieve the change that you want. So what the, the strategy that I, I call this is the three pillars and um, the three pillars of any advocacy effort for short-term rentals is the following. One, you need a strong short-term rental association. Two, you need a strong connection with an OTA, meaning Airbnb, VRBO, et cetera. Three, you need a strong connection with the decision makers. And the thing is establishing those, they go hand in hand. The first thing to establish is the association. 
And a strong association is not just an association that has a nice website, has, you know, board members, has money in the bank. It's really an association that has the right strategy on how to approach this and is doing the right things to activate the community. Second is the uh, getting the, the, the um, strong association with the OTAs. You use that association um, to, to gain that connection and they actually help you build the association too. So just to give you an example from Detroit, what there was no association in Detroit. So I had to start it from scratch and that's where most people are at. It's very easy to do. Simply what I did was I went to the Airbnb group um, for uh, Southeast Michigan. That's like the name of the group that had most of the Detroiter uh, hosts in it. There's groups like this all over the world. Most mid to large size cities have some sort of group for short term rentals where people congregate. I then let them know, hey, we're going to help you, you know, we're going to fight this ban that they're proposing and here's what we need you to do. And we gave them tasks to do. So at first, like I said, the ban was going to be over in two weeks. So there was a hearing that was coming up. The first thing we, we wanted people to do is, well, the first thing we wanted people to do is meet, like uh, uh, come to a meeting in person so that we can all talk about this. Um, when I did that the first time, literally three people showed up. <laughs> it's it, 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 and actually no, uh, uh, th th that's a funny uh, story too. Actually, I didn't know there was a Facebook group at first. Like I didn't even know about that. So I was I was messaging people on Airbnb, like almost getting my account deleted by saying, "Hey, hey," spamming people, saying like, "Hey, they're about to ban Airbnbs. Look, guys, we need to meet. We need we need to mobilize." And three people showed up, and then somebody told me, "Oh, well, actually." There's a Airbnb, there's a Facebook group of hosts and somebody over there set up a meetup to uh, talk about this. So I ended up going to that meetup. And then I, I told them, hey, look, we need to get people to go and testify at the hearing. That was the, the first thing just to, to, to do that was the low hanging fruit and the, and the thing we needed to do the soonest. So we did that. Uh, like I, I got people to do that. And then um, at that, like when that happened, people testified and it was good that that happened, but that did not do that much. And I want you guys to know and everybody out there, you want to do the testifying at the public hearings, but that I'd say is 20% of the whole battle. That's not going to do much at all because you got to understand when they do these hearings at that point, that's not where the decisions are being made. The decisions are being made behind closed doors in their private offices, they're they're being made at the uh, at council meetings that they have privately. Uh, they're being made with lobbyists on the golf course, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These things are not being done at the hearing. If you're just doing stuff at the hearing, you're too late. But it is something that is important to to just facilitate. So that was the first thing we did, and then um, going back to how to get that connection with the OTAs. We there's what's called a policy team for Airbnb and VRBO. Airbnb, you're mainly going to have you're, you're mainly going to be dealing with them. They have the biggest policy team. They're usually very easy to find because if, if there's an issue, they're going to be trying to uh, reach out to uh, the Facebook groups. If you can't find them, call Airbnb and say, hey, I need to get in contact with a policy individual. There's a ban happening. Airbnb customer service can't help you, but they can patch you into who to speak to if you're having an issue. 
And also, if you reach out to myself, basically the whole policy team knows me now. Like the whole department, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a, <laughs> I, I, meet at least, I meet at least once a week with, with one of those folks. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 so I can always patch you in. Um, and, and, and they're an important ally to have. So going back to the uh, association part, we use Airbnb to further build the association because what they'll do is if you have an event they will actually blast that event to everybody on in that city that's a host. So that's a huge way to, you know, it's like a free email list. So we say, hey, sharing Philadelphia, that's, excuse me, not sharing Philadelphia. Uh, I'm skipping ahead. <laughs> sharing <laughs> Detroit, that's the name that we gave our association. We're having an awareness event. Um, we, we need you guys to show up so we can tell you guys what to do and give you, keep you guys updated. Airbnb will blast that invite to all of the hosts in the city that have signed up for policy emails, and that's most hosts. So, you know, we were able to get our, our email list and our membership up to a good 200 folks um, in short order. And just to give you context, there's only, there's about a thousand hosts in Detroit, probably about 1200 now. So that's a big chunk of the hosting community. And that's, that, that's extremely hard to get organically. So to kind of sum it up, connecting with the OTAs, and letting them know that you're trying to start an association or grow your association, that's how you get that connection. They'll gladly blast your events to their um, to the hosts on their email list, and then that's how you build your email list, and that's how you build your associate uh, your association. And if you're using the right strategy, you can then activate them in certain ways uh, and tell them what to do and how to support you so that you can get the job done. Now, those two things go hand in hand. And then the last pillar, which is the strong connection with the decision makers, that's what I like to call them. The decision makers are anybody who has power to make this rule happen. So usually in the US, it's city council folks in cities. The states usually don't have the power to enforce property rules, um, at least natively. Like they can kind of do some stuff on the back end, but these decisions are all coming from the cities. So usually it's city council who has the power to enforce to, to pass these rules and enforce them. So to get a, uh, a connection with them, you use those other two pillars. So if you have a strong association, you can then raise funds to hire a lobbyist. And that's really important for mid to large size cities. Mm-hmm. Then the lobbyist is used to get you in the back rooms with these decision makers and then convince them and, and, and have them be on your side, which is actually very easy if you do it the right way. Because the big thing here is a lot of people think that we're the underdog, but we're actually favored to win these things if we do it the right way because city council cares about the underdogs. They get voted in by the underdogs. They're, they're usually voted in on a platform of protecting the underdogs meaning the marginalized folks, the less fortunate, you know, not the rich folks, big fat cats, big companies. They're really trying to protect the local citizens um, and small businesses. And that's what the majority of uh, short term rental uh, owners are. But again, it has to be done the right way, because right now, most people think that we are a bunch of out of state big, uh, big companies that are buying up neighborhoods and throwing party houses and causing disturbances and raising rents for everybody. And all of that stuff is completely false. In the majority of cases, it's, and I'm talking about the vast majority, it's usually 70% local citizens that are just trying to get their mortgages paid, trying to get their kids through college, 
trying to raise their families, trying to get up the next socioeconomic ladder. Um, actually, and then of those, 70% of those are women entrepreneurs. 40% um, of those are black and brown entrepreneurs. And these are all, especially in the US, these are all demographics that the city councils want to protect, but they literally don't understand anything that I've just told you. They have no idea about any of that. They literally think that it is a bunch of out of state, rich folks, buying up neighborhoods, raising rent rates. So now, now we start like, this takes me back to Arlington. You know, me and Micah went to some of those council meetings in Arlington back in the day, Arlington, Texas, where the Cowboys play and the Rangers and all that. Mm -hmm. um, so anyways, mm -hmm. we went to those meetings and it was, uh, <laughs> it was a lot of angry old people, you know, saying, get this yeah. out of our neighborhoods. That's who we're up against. Yep. And, um, and we we thought we put up a good fight because i mean compared to what's going on in dallas anyways because we we filled up half of the half of the place on the left side of the aisle was all us you know we're mm -hmm. in solidarity we're in blue shirts together and all this stuff and we started the the uh the arlington you know short-term rental alliance whatever we started that and then um you know we had that piece in place on the other side of the aisle was all the old angry people, you know, didn't want it in the neighborhoods, right? Led by mm -hmm. an ex-mayor, which who has a lot of, he has a lot of, you know, could pull a lot of strings in the city, right? Because he was sure, mayor yeah. for like 20 years. Mm -hmm. And anyways, um, the part we couldn't get was the, uh, was Airbnb to give a damn about it. They didn't, I mean, we reached out to them. This was in 2019 when we got banned. Mm -hmm. um, we reached out to them. They really, I think they might have sent a message of encouragement or something vrbo on the other hand they were more supportive but they, i mean they didn't put their their hat in the ring either um so we had the first part where we had you know we uh, we had our meetings and we, we would go to that and we'd go to the city council meetings and people would speak all the way to like 3 a.m you know at those meetings where you let everybody speak right mm -hmm. and it was and in the end, they they still banned it anyways, except for like a one mile radius around the stadiums. That's, you know, which is the crack houses. Um, mm -hmm. So they they still banned it in like 99% of the city, even though we went through all that stuff, which was mm -hmm. very discouraging. And 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 now, and I remember telling Micah, we talked about this in the show before, that uh, as, I was like, dude, uh, Jerry Jones is getting into the hotel industry. He's like, and then I was like, this is not good news for us, man. They're building these giant mega hotels right by the stadiums. I mm -hmm. said, our days are probably numbered. And and sure enough, as soon as those stadium, those giant hotels got built, that's when they decided to coincidentally uh, ban Airbnb in that city. And um, so we were going up against powerful people, right? Mm -hmm. And we were going up against people that had connections and all, all that stuff. And then they put all the angry old people up front like they're trying to get us banned by themselves, which I don't think that's what it was um and we didn't have the help of airbnb so so anyways a question i want to go back to first is why the hell do they want to ban it in detroit wasn't detroit struggling don't they want people to come there don't they want like um uh tourism i mean isn't that good for the city so what i've found is you really don't want to focus too much on why on the why um i can tell you a hundred percent everywhere around the world it is definitely an awareness issue, meaning they, they're out of touch. The decision makers don't understand Airbnb. They don't understand who operates it. Um, there can also be other tertiary issues or reasons behind the scenes. Um, but I, I, always, like, I always recommend that folks don't focus too much on why and focus on the, focus on the strategy at hand. Because as long as you know that the awareness side is a big piece of it, 
that's really the part to solve. And the fact that you're favored to win because you guys are, you guys are the underdog and that's really who, what city council is supposed to be protecting. And I don't mean like supposed to as like, we think that it's, that's literally, so they care way more about public image, getting votes. Um, like they, I'm telling you in, in almost all these cities, that's what keeps them in. It doesn't matter if they got some crazy fat check, they want to be voted back into office. And in, in the fact that it's a collective, there's always going to be folks that, okay, maybe one person is really with the opposition, but the other folks aren't getting a piece of that. They're not on that side. They're, they're more incentivized by the local folks and the, the, the people that are on you that, that are on the, that, that operate short-term rentals. But um, I'll tell you in Detroit, I mean, we, we did find out, but I want, I really want to emphasize that it's inconsequential um, if you're in terms of trying to get the job done. But what we found out was that it was the, um, excuse me, <clears throat> it was the housekeeping unions. Mm -hmm. So think about it like this. When you do short-term rentals, you nine times out of 10 are hiring a housekeeper or a housekeeping company to do the cleanings. And then the cleanings, those, you know, th those individuals, they can operate. This is their own business mm -hmm. and, you know, they're self-sufficient. And I think, you know, we all know we're all short-term rental hosts ourselves. We provide uh, at least I, I would say the, the great hosts provide a lot of opportunities and a lot of benefits to our housekeeping team. Right. Because they're the lifeblood of our business. If, if the properties aren't cleaned and maintained, we don't have a business. Right. So there are tons of housekeeping businesses that are making, um, you know, great income. And they don't have to do an alternative, which is cleaning for a hotel company, uh, not hotel, but cleaning for a hotel or cleaning for some other um, company that maybe does residentials and they and, and, and they have a, a large reach. And that's the only way that they can make the income that they would be making just cleaning short term rentals um, or, or, or doing that partially. So basically on Capitol Hill. Uh, and this is, you know, a national uh, union, uh, the housekeeping union. Uh, we basically heard that they were telling people, telling the representatives and the, and the city council members from different cities, hey, you guys need to push this. And, you know, we, we need to start pushing Airbnbs to get out of here because you, uh, housekeeping unions don't get a cut of, you know, any of that revenue coming in. So that was specifically for Detroit, a big driving force of that. And the person who spearheaded it was a big proponent of unions, like unions were very supportive of her. That was where her background was, her base and everything. So that's where we found out that it mainly came from on that end. Um, but see, a lot of people think that it's the hotel industry and things like that. In this case, and this is in a lot of cases, actually, the hotel industry actually can get benefits from Airbnb because for specifically in Michigan, uh, well, I'll stick specifically with Detroit because it can change in different cities. But in Detroit, the hotel industry gets a cut of the taxes paid by Airbnb. So basically when Airbnb makes more money and pays more taxes, the hotel industry gets a cut of that. So they're benefited by Airbnbs. And um, there's a lot of events that likely wouldn't have the turnout um, in terms of the audience because there wouldn't be enough hotels to fill them up in Detroit. Uh, so, you know, they need Airbnb in a lot of cases, but see, if you think too much about that, you're not thinking about the main um, solution, which is still awareness and advocacy, but doing it the right way. So. Um, that's what we used to stop that. But yeah, I can tell you that's, that's what was behind that situation. And it can slightly vary city to city, 
But the beautiful thing is the awareness side is what the big issue is. Because if they knew who you guys were, they wouldn't really be able, they, they would know they wouldn't have a good um, chance of winning. It would look horrible. It's like saying something like, hey, we wanna do a bill that's gonna hurt, well, you know, hurt restaurants right now or hurt, you know, hurt small business restaurants or hurt um, uh, corner stores or things like that. Uh, like these, when, when, they, when people understand that these are neighborhood businesses, and not outside entities buying up neighborhoods and doing X, Y, and Z and causing disturbances. They they can't they can't rally on that platform. That's why we're so poised to win. And, and I'd say that's the biggest reason why we haven't lost is because we've you know we've I we've 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 used that to our advantage. And that's really the whole industry worldwide. It's not this is a young small like this is you know this industry is made up of. Uh, the majority small business owners. And those are the people that worldwide uh, cities want to protect the most. <clears throat> so why is it so important to hire a lobbyist and, and where the hell do you find a lobbyist? For sure. So I'll, I'll give you a story. Uh, I'll talk about Detroit again. So, so in Detroit, what we did first, we didn't know that we needed a lobbyist. And, you know, some people were even thinking about, Oh, let's do a lawsuit. And I can go into that later, but we were just trying to figure out what to do. And so we were trying everything. So we looked into the lawsuit route, we looked into the lobbyist route, we looked into uh, just the us pleading our case in different places. And the thing is, uh, I'll give you one example. Uh, first of all, all of these, these you know, city council members, it's, it's, it's all of this stuff is, politics in general is based on relationships. And you're dealing with an industry where nobody really has great relationships with the city council or we would have, we wouldn't have these issues to begin with, right? This is an industry that's completely grassroots. So the folks that are a part of these industries don't know their city council members. They don't have any connections. They're, you know, regular folks, regular local citizens, right? So we tried, you know, going to the, you know, there, there would be even the, the people, the, the city council members spearheading the bill, they tried to, they, they asked us to, you know, have a private audience with them. Uh, even when we just started the association early on, it's like, oh, you know, we'd love to, you know, talk to you. And yeah, you know, we, we talked to them and, you know, they sounded very, very uh, understanding and, and, and they, you know, they, 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 they talked a really good game. Guess what? That changed absolutely nothing. Um, we, 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 we went to different uh, meetings that city council members individually had. So they'll have like, you know, a coffee and conversation in the community. They'll have these little community events. You go there and you speak to them and they could be interested too, but again, it, it, it doesn't hit home. It doesn't, the, the, it's, it's literally not about what you're saying. I think it's everybody understands generally that this is a good industry if you're in it, right? That this is a helpful industry and that we're not, you know, threatening people. But it's, the issue is how to, con, how to convince that to others. It's like going to a court case and saying, oh, you know, I'll represent myself instead of hiring an attorney. Uh, you know, uh, it's always recommended to do that because the attorney knows the law, first of all, and your, your lobbyist will know the politics. They'll understand the law of how the things work in the city. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then also lawyers have uh, connections. They might know the judge. They might know this person. They might, you know, they, they, they know this, this and that. Same thing with the um, lobbyists. 
So it's the same reason why you wouldn't try and defend yourself in court um, if there was a severe issue. It you you could have all the best intentions, but it's not going to go over correctly at all. And that I'd say that's the biggest reason why most cities fail is because they don't do this part right. Um, and so going back to Detroit, you know, we failed on like all the other things. And when we got to the lobbyist part, we uh, th there was somebody that somebody knew that kind of wanted to throw their hat in the ring and kind of do it a little pro bono, but then they got caught up in something. So they, they couldn't do anything. So we realized, okay, we're going to need to pay for this lobbyist. And we're just, you know, you put our money where our mouth is. So we called the clerk's office at the city and asked for uh, basically a list of consultants. Because what people don't understand is a lot of consultants, they work in the city hall. They work right next to all the politicians. They're in meetings with these folks. Like they're, they're really a part, of the, a part of the system. So you can call your city clerk and get a list of um, uh, consultants that, you know, deal with um, even, oh, do they deal with real estate related matters? Do they, you know, they, you can even go into that. You can search political consultant on Google, literally doing a Google search. That's uh, where we found our political consultants in Philadelphia. I'm, I'm consulting with them. And uh, we found our lobbyists in Philadelphia by doing that. And then we talked to them about the issue and all it, the, the real, the, the real determination to finding a good lobbyist is just talking to them about your issue and seeing if they resonate with it. If they're nodding their head and they're like, oh yeah, oh man, okay, yeah, I get this. Yeah, this is, no, no, this, this, is, this, is, this is a shame. We, we have to stop this. Then you know you have a good, a good lobbyist. And if you look them up online or got them from a clerk, then they're gonna have those connections. You wanna ask them about the connections they have. You, know, you should be bringing up the council members and stuff and they should be able to tell you how they're connected to these council members. It's really as simple as that. It's, not, it's actually not that hard to find them. Um, they just need to resonate most importantly with your cause so that they're fighting for you and then, you know, show, uh, talk about how they have their connections with these individuals. So, um, I'll stop there just to see if you have any other questions about that. But uh, well, I just one, just one more big question. How much does a lobbyist cost? For sure. So lobbyists tend to cost between four and $6,000 a month. Ooh, I want to be yeah. a lobbyist. It's 80, <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'll put it like this, being a being a lawyer and doing a lawsuit uh, would, would make you more money. Lawsuits, lawyers cost usually double that. You're usually paying about 10 grand a month for a lawyer for a lawsuit for a short-term rental. Yeah, but I don't want to study. I hear you. Well, <laughs> you know what? Okay. Yeah, it might, be a, it might be a little easier, but see, it's a little, it's, here's the thing about these consultants and why they're so powerful. It's not just that they have this knowledge of how the government works these folks went to school with these people. I'm talking about like elementary school, middle school, high school. Some of these folks go to their church. They know their grandma, their, their family, friends. Like these are, these are um, folks who have such deep connections with the city that they can get paid for it. It's, it's not even stuff that you can really learn or that uh, you can maneuver. The, these folks, that's why they're so powerful because that is what, that is the way that you properly open the door so that they actually listen to the industry. You need to get somebody who's like their family friend, they went to school with them. It's like, hey, you know, and, and they've worked on they, they, I'm telling you, that's how politics works. And mm -hmm. that's, that's why that's so powerful. And that's why like a lawsuit, you know, lawsuits might work well for other industries, some other industries, but this is a young industry. This is an industry, like it's, it's really about making sure that people like you. It's not about and I don't mean like, like, like you, like you, but I'm saying like, they need to understand you 
and be like amicable to your cause. Because the reason why they're doing this stuff worldwide is because they have a bad impression of short-term rentals. No lawsuit is going to solve that. And the thing about lawsuits is, uh, and I, I like, we'll, we'll wait on that. I, I won't go too deep. I don't, I don't want us to get veered off course, but lawsuits, you're playing their game at that point. Like governments deal with lawsuits for breakfast. They have a multi, just to give an example, uh, the city of Philadelphia has a $400 million budget. If you think that you can beat them in a lawsuit with where they have a $400 million budget and they eat this stuff for breakfast, you've got another thing coming. That's why literally in a mid to large size city, 0% effective. No lawsuit has ever been effective for short-term rental um, bans. No permanent change has been made from a lawsuit for short terminal bans in at least a mid to large size city. So, yeah. But anyways, let's go back to the consultant part. Oh, people got their notebooks uh, handy, man. I, they, y'all gonna have to rewind. Oh, yeah. them. Like it's it's it's, it's a lot of uh, so it's a, it's a lot of info. I'm talking about the audience out there. I know I know this is a lot. So and and you guys feel free to slow me down if I'm going too fast. No, you're good. So basically, you need to create the relationship with like an Airbnb or a Verbo and then go into grease in a few pockets of lobbyists. So, okay. Now, I mean, that's really what he said. I mean, you know, I uh, mean, Hey, you're look, you're greasing pockets either way. You're, you're this all greasing pockets, isn't it? I'm happy you, you do a lawsuit, you're greasing pockets. If there was no, if they were, if they were totally, uh, cool and like did what they were supposed to do with regulations, what are they, they had the perfect regulation. That means you're going to have to pay for a license you going to have to pay some taxes. It's always grease in pockets. So yes, yes. So that's, that's a big part of it. I'm happy you brought up the OTA part. Cause, uh, cause I was about to mess it all up. Cause I told all the people in Dallas, just go in there and tell them it's Airbnb's fault. And then we can all continue to operate. So, but we <laughs> need to use the OTA to get their awareness out. So, okay. My mm-hmm. next question is, cause you, you stopped them in like, I think you said seven cities, right? Now this is yeah, one thing I, yeah. one thing that always comes up. The ban- is it 10? 10? It, I'm sorry. Yeah, correct. No, you're good. <laughs> yeah, 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 my bad. So <laughs> this is one thing that always comes up. The banter back and forth between the people who are pro STR and anti STR. The pro STR people get into it with other pro STR people saying it's the red, it's the blue, right? So in mm-hmm. the sense that you've banned it, you've stopped the bands in, are they majority red or are they majority blue? Or it, you haven't really seen a difference. I haven't seen a difference, but it's a mix. Mm. It's more, I think I would say it's more blue, but Ooh. no, it, it's a mix because this is the thing. Think about it like this. I mean, you're talking about how people go back and forth and red states, or they probably used to say that, oh, red states, so you don't have to worry about regulations there. It's those blue states that you have to worry about it. Uh, mm. Am I right? That's you, That was yeah, kind of the, yeah, because red states, you know, people say that they're for, you know, uh, quote unquote property rights and things like that. So they, it, it's, it's not uh, a situation, there. but guess what? <laughs> Dallas is, say it again. As a bullshit. Uh, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, w- look at what's happening right now. Dallas, which is the number that that would be the number one poster child for a, a, a red uh, part of the city in Texas. I mean, we understood Austin not wanting to, yeah, Austin having some, some tough restrictions, but Dallas, it's blue. Would anybody have guessed Dallas having tough restrictions? Yeah, it, it, it's turned blue though. Oh, I mean, literally, like the city is the voters have turned blue. Oh, I actually didn't know that. Well, it, but here's the thing, and it's a red state overall. Uh, I mean, hey, at least that helps. But yeah, that's the thing. It's the the whole situation is if they want to shut you down, they will find a way. 
it yeah. does not matter about property right claims, et cetera, et cetera. That's why this is all an awareness game. You like they don't understand that you guys are not their enemy. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? But and that's a worldwide issue. So red red states are not immune. Has been proven by Texas um, and 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 other states. Blue states are are definitely not immune either. This is an awareness thing. This goes across party lines. This that's that's the issue. Um, it's just a fundamental misunderstanding about the industry, and nobody's doing enough to change that. Except yeah. except for us. That's what we're that's what we're looking to to change worldwide. <clears throat> and I noticed you said awareness, and, and I'm happy you brought that word up because every time that I've seen it, like whenever you walk into these city council meetings, I had, I had a, the last one, I was in the Dallas one, and I had uh, posted it on uh, Instagram of the people that were for it and the people that were against it. And this mm -hmm. girl, this girl fan of the show hit me up and said, uh, dear home, holy mother of old white people, you know, so have you noticed, <laughs> like, have you noticed it's usually, cause I've always said it seems to be old versus young. And that's uh -huh. why the awareness things comes in. Because if you look at the age of the city council, it's usually older. Cause I met with one of the city councils of Dallas and he was a kind of younger guy. Um, he was probably in his, early 40s but he told me he told me and my wife he goes honestly if y'all really want to start getting stuff like this passed he said somebody at your age is going to start run has to start running for city council so have you seen it's like maybe like an age thing that's involved as well so that's definitely a big piece of it the best way to look at it is it is the unfamiliar versus the familiar and mm -hmm. as with most new technology it's adopted by younger folks before it it permeates to the new to, to the older folks and this is the same with uber the same with uh facebook say you know social media all of it smartphones and the biggest thing is that new industries new industries usually come up quickly and governments act slowly so yes it's it's older folks but i would just look at it like this governments in general are always going to have a bad or a, a unclear perception of new technologies and new industries. What's happening in, with Airbnb and short-term rentals is not new. It's just it, every single industry has its own way of solving the issue if they're able to solve the issue. So Uber and Lyft had the same issues. Um, I mean, th social media right now is having the same issues. Now they're starting to enact laws and, 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 and really focus on the effect that social media has on the population, right? So government, there's always this, they call it almost like a pendulum where there's a period of time where if it's left unchecked, the government will be extremely harsh on an industry. And then after a number of years, it swings the other way now that they, when they finally get that understanding. Uh, that's what happens if things go unchecked. Uh, but here's the thing, if that was the case, like a lot of industries have been wiped out or, or have been crippled because of that. So Uber and Lyft was successful in defeating bad regulations. And that's why they're, you know, the, the household name. If it was something where Uber and Lyft was really banned in a lot of cities, like they were trying to do, Uber and Lyft wouldn't have the market share that it has. So it's not just short-term rentals that's having this issue. Um, but every industry has its own way of solving the problem. So short-term rentals, we've identified the way to solve the problem. We just need to bring this worldwide and get this done. Now, okay. So when all this stuff was going on and um, Airbnb did a thing, they went public and they got all infused with billions <laughs> of dollars, right? So mm -hmm. now, and then that, which, which literally made them, you know, on paper, 
bigger than all the the top five hotel chains in the world combined, you know, value wise and money wise. Mm -hmm. Are they pouring money into these big cities to pay for lobbyists to to help fight, you know, fight the fight and keep it going? For sure. So I'll I'll, I'll tell you, and I think what I'm going to do also, I owe it to you guys to give you a full start to finish on how to stop a ban. Because this will, a lot of that will answer the questions that you have now. But I'm, I'm happy. To, I'm, I'm glad that we're talking about this too, because this this allows us to go into the details of, of things that you guys are wondering around. And, and I'm sure I know tons of people uh, wonder about it as well. So, um, with what you're saying, with Airbnb specifically, they are doing a lot to to stop this on their end. But the issue is they can't stop it on their end. They're they're weak in this case. They're strong on the business side, but they're weak on the policy side. And the reason why is because of how this works with properties. And, and this is actually a good um, comparison. So think about it like this. So Uber and Lyft, I think we all heard about the issues that they had in the beginning where there was regulation that was being proposed and taxis were lobbying against them and all that stuff, right? And the way we, we probably all saw that was, okay, Uber and Lyft poured a ton of money into lobbyists and they started talking to the folks and they, they kind of worked things out, right? Mm. Right. So that's generally what they did. They did do some other stuff similar to what Airbnb tries to do where they get the, you know, the community to, you know, send the email to their city council person or, or whatever. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but like Airbnb has something where you can, it's like a little form and you just literally put in your name and it has a pre-written letter and then you just hit send and it's supposed to go to a city council person. You know, that's something that 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 can be good, but it's not at all. You know, again, that's, that's probably 10 percent helpful, but, it, you know, it doesn't hurt. But Uber and Lyft were able to do that and and and, and basically get this stuff finished. But that's dealing with cars. Dealing with property is an entirely different ballgame. Cars are something that it, it could that can be kind of handled on a large corporate multinational level, right? Because cars aren't related to any location. They're cars. They go to different places. They're mobile by nature, right? Property is, you should think about it like this. Property is the lifeblood of cities. Like property taxes, homeowners who are voters, like property is such a big deal in a city. That stuff is very, the power is in the city and the citizens of the city to really um, make changes there. So when Airbnb tries to, you know, lobby and advocate to keep them in play, the cities don't care. They see them as the big corporation that's like, you know, trying to influence their local city and their properties. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah. That's the big difference here. And that's why Airbnb isn't able to stop this on their own. They're very weak when it comes to policy. And it's not their fault. Like, it, that's just they they don't have the power to stop this. The power is in the people's hands, which is a really good thing because that guess what? That means that it's in y'all's hands, but it has to be done the right way. Like that, that's the big, the, the, the big uh, difference there. So yeah, Airbnb and all the cities that we've, that we've done um, stuff in, and in, in the cities where they banned it, Airbnb's paid for lobbyists, you know, got the best lobbyists, did what they could do, but it's, it's, it's very ineffective. You have to have the people doing the work there for it to make a difference because it's dealing with property completely different from cars and other other stuff and other industries that that's that's what makes it so so different um so i i should go kind of from start to finish uh, so you guys see how this fully plays out so 
I know I had first talked about how in the beginning we you know, started the association, we got Airbnb to promote it and promote uh, promote events so that we get members into the association. Uh, and then what we did, and I'm gonna I'm gonna fast forward past all the stuff we tried. I'm gonna tell you what worked uh, so that you guys understand what what to do. So then what we did is we had these events. Um, also, Airbnb will participate in these events as well. So um, once we we had, we had one large event where Airbnb flew in, um, two of the folks came and participated and we did a fundraiser and we told them our strategy, which is basically what I've told you, the three pillars where we, we have a connection with Airbnb, we have a connection, we have, we have a strong association and we need to connect with city council through lobbyists and we're going to uh, get the decision makers to listen. And so we had that event and uh, it was a fundraiser so we could raise money to pay for these lobbyists and we were able to raise the money that way and the uh then when we uh you know so, so we paid the lobbyists and when we got into our first meetings this is how we did the meeting so that the decision makers would listen we got so uh, I'll, I'll i'll start with one person from a district and i'll keep the names out of things just to kind of because these are people that i have on speed dial now i don't want to like throw anybody under the bus these are you know behind the scenes conversations but basically so we got somebody from district four uh, we, we got a one-on-one -on -one audience with the city council member in District 4 of Detroit. So what we did is we brought a citizen from District 4 who is somebody that they care about. So the person in District 4 really cared about um, small business owners and women's rights. So we got a, a woman who is a, a short-term rental business owner that is badly that would be badly affected by this bill. And we did almost none of the talking. We literally just had let them explain their story, why short-term rentals are good for them and their family, um, why it's good for their community, and what would happen to their family if short-term rentals were banned. And that's literally all that they said. They just explained that and the city council member, and we, we got a couple of folks, it was two folks that fit that bill. And that city council member really resonated with that. We literally rinsed and repeated. We did the same thing for the next council member, whatever they cared about. We brought that person in who matches their profile and we, we let them speak. And we did that uh, to most of the city council members. We didn't have to do it to all of them, but that was what made the big changes there. It was the behind the scenes conversations that allowed them to actually listen. Because I know it sounds weird and people always, uh, before they see the results, they always ask me, wow, is that is this really what what makes it so effective like it doesn't seem like that's the, that big of a deal it's literally the difference between it going in one ear and out the other and them actually caring they do not care about you guys until you guys do it that way and that's just how it goes I, there's really no way to explain it better than that um i think the only way you could really understand it is if maybe you were a city council person and you were in their shoes and if you think about it right they're a city council person who's getting emails calls hundreds Every day, they have a whole staff that handles their calls, right? There's tons of people talking about issues like, hey, this is hurting me, this is this, this is that, stop this, stop that. They have to clear through the noise and, and, and like through in some fashion. So if there is somebody who they went to school with, they went to high school with, that they are in meetings with all the time, AKA the lobbyists saying, hey, you need to speak to these folks at Sharing Detroit 
they, you know, they, 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 there's really a big issue happening with this bill. I think it's going to affect your base. This, you know, this is going to affect your voters. This is going to affect what's going on here. Let's have a one on one meeting. OK, so that now they're not looking at their thousands of emails, thousands of phone calls that they're getting all the time that go in one ear and out the other. And they're talking to somebody that they know and, 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 and respect going into a private meeting with an organization that has paid for a lobbyist. So you know that they must be representing a large base just by that alone. And then you see somebody who is exactly the person that you based your platform on um, uh, it's speaking about how this is such an issue. That those are the types of entities that they listen to. They don't have time to listen to anybody else. Does that make sense? They're constantly getting inundated with calls, messages. Hey, this is bad. This is bad. That's how you actually get them to listen. That's what makes it so uh, impactful. But see, it's not easy to see that on the other side. We think it's affecting us. And so why don't they listen to me when I'm at a council meeting? They, they don't care that you should think of council meetings as like theater. It's like a show. By the time it goes there, there they got the stone face. They're just sitting there. They're going through the motions. They're thinking about what to eat later on tonight. You know, like it, it's it, if you're just at the council meetings, it's too late. Like they, they've already been making their decisions behind closed doors. The council meetings are just it's, it's I hate to say it in a bad way, but it is just it's for show. It's so they can say they publicly brought this to light and and they and they by law gave the public. Uh, um, What's the word they, they were able to they gave the public a platform to speak about it so now uh, now yeah. even if you hired alex stein to go up there and rap about vladimir putin must die it, it still wouldn't help you know see I, I i gotta catch up on my current events i mean i know about obviously the war in ukraine but who's alex stein and okay man i not now i gotta just google this i'm gonna have to youtube this yeah we'll send it uh, yeah. to you man it, it, it went viral it was a few months ago remember michael's the one that sent it to me is some guy rapping in, in front of the city council and he, he rapped for a good like five minutes and they didn't stop him so i don't know it was, anyways it yeah. went viral perhaps maybe one of us can rap uh, do an airbnb rap and then we'll go viral i don't know but yeah <laughs> it hey. don't help anyways <laughs> never say never okay it, 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 in general any publicity is good publicity so uh it definitely doesn't hurt that's that's all i gotta say at least it might just get you some more fundraising dollars to, to, to really keep that lobbyist going, but, uh, but yeah. Um, but so, so uh, to kind of wrap up the strategy. So when we got that final pillar in place, it went from uh, a literally unanimous decision to move this bill forward, to get passed, to then there being conversations behind closed doors. City council members have meetings on their own. And the people that we talk to, it's spread. It's like it's like uh, it's like poisoning the well or whatever. I hate to say it like that. It's or let's say it's 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 an antidote to the well because once people start getting doubts, then they start telling the other council members. And then now that they realize that there's a, another side to this, and there's a constituency that, it, that that's actually represented, they're like, oh wait, this isn't a, you know a slam dunk like I thought it was. This is actually not good. This might be hurting the people that I care about. So then it started becoming mixed. And then once they went to that vote, um, and, and again, so I remember I said it was two weeks. Thankfully, when we did that first meeting, we were able to get it delayed for about, uh, it was like two months. Then that gave us some time to do what we're doing right now. But basically, once it got to that final vote, they pulled the ban because the city council members were not gonna vote for it. 
And the person who spearheaded the bill, rather than actually lose face by actually bringing it to vote and losing, they're like, okay, nope, nope, I'm pulling out. Nope, we're gonna, we're not, we're not gonna do it. So that's, yeah, so that's how the ban got pulled. Again, all of this stuff happens behind closed doors. And the only way to get that door open is through the relationship with the lobbyists and the city council members and the association. It's, it's really that simple. So, you, you know, that's the last, that's the pillar that really gets the job done. But the other two pillars is, is what allows you to actually get that lobbyist and, uh, and, and have the other stuff that you need to move forward. <clears throat> that is crazy. So the, the cleaners uh, uh, unions didn't come after you after that happened? Uh, you know, hey, I might have got some hate mail. I don't know. Uh, so still standing so far, still standing, you know, <laughs> that's good. Man. Yeah. So. So, OK, that's that's one way you were able to prevent, you know, regular bad regulations to go through or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is there is it is it once they're in, is it damn near impossible to get them overturned? So the great answer to that is no. Um, and that's actually referenced by what we're doing in Philadelphia. So the. The thing that was technically untested was how, how do we get a bill that's already in law removed? And we're successfully doing that in Philadelphia. And the great news is that it is the same strategy as preventing that bill from getting passed. It's just more steps, but it's the same strategy. So it's literally the same three pillars. But what then has to happen is the work has to be done to get that uh, ban unwound. So that just adds extra steps on the policy side. But like I said, where there's a will, there's a way. If they, if you get city council on your side, and, it doesn't, and again, you don't need the majority of them on your side. You just need a number of folks where it's like, it's no longer unanimous. That's really, it's, it's not that, it's really not that difficult. Once you do that, then you have the power to get this changed and removed. So in Philadelphia, the same thing happened as what we're doing in Detroit. But what uh, what, we, what we ended up doing is because the bill got passed, but it hadn't been enforced yet, our goal was to delay that enforcement as much as possible. And so first it was delayed by like two months and then it got delayed by, um, I wanna say it was one more month, something like that, but the big, turning point was when we got the ban delayed uh, by more than six months. So it was supposed to go into effect in April of 2022. It got pushed to July of 2022. And, and then through our advocacy efforts, we knew we really struck a chord when they then delayed it all the way to 2023, January of 2023. So, um, and they're, again, it's the same reasons why they did that. It's because we got the decision makers to listen to us and they realized that this was actually a mistake. And they even said themselves, if we if we knew about you guys or if you guys had started this association before we passed the bill, this bill wouldn't have even been passed. Oh, wow. So now we're doing the work to get the bill unwound and we're going through that process. That's man, that's cool, dude. Uh, yeah, we we heard everybody freaking out about Philadelphia, and that's that's awesome that you got them to at least delay it for six months. Um, I don't know if that happens to fall on some dates when votes when voting happens, and and or, or is there anything to hmm. six months or what's going on there? Um, I mean, the six months was so we'll go with the date. The date is January twenty twenty three, January third. 
And what, that real quick, time what, what, is, what type of band? What type of band is it? Full band? Oh, it's 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 a it's like a full on band. It's a zone. It's zoning related, um, but it would ban between seventy and ninety percent of short term rentals mm. by zoning. So you can only do it, and basically you have to be zoned as a hotel to be able to operate a short term rental. That's basically how it how it reads, and that's only wow. that's really ten percent of the housing stock. You know, so. Yeah. And, and real quick, <laughs> who was behind that one? Can you, can you say? Uh, it's, I can say, but uh, again, I do want to stress it, it really, it doesn't matter so much. The awareness is the biggest thing because no matter what, that wouldn't have gotten passed if we had made that awareness sooner. But, you know, they yeah, had, we, we nobody knew dirt. about it. They didn't call on me. They, you know, we but, uh, but uh, we believe <laughs> that it's partly a, a developer that's big in the city that doesn't like short-term rentals in their, in their properties. There's a developer that's a city council member has like, like probably a hundred million, I think in real estate, something like that. <laughs> like one of the biggest real estate private owners. Um, that's one, that's one um, um, person that's like, you know, piling into this. But again, that see, when, when, when people think about it like that, they're, they're really looking at, Oh man, like it, it, it'd be a different a difference if it mattered, but it really still doesn't matter because even they don't have the power to really get city council to change uh, to change this. Um, because if they knew what the industry really was, no city council member is going to try and go against that and look like they're going against the little guy, going against the people that they protect. They're not going to get voted in again. They're going to be looked at as like a pariah. Like it is just you know, and 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 and, and f- God forbid they get caught taking some bribes or some funding and stuff like that, it's over for them. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. this is not the boogeyman. That's really not what people should be worried about. It's the awareness side. The reason why they're doing this is because they don't understand the industry. They think that it's a bunch of party houses. They think that it's uh, affecting affordable housing in a big way. And again, all of this has been disproven. In most cities, it, it, if it affects affordable housing, it's to a very, very small, small degree. Um, that absolutely outweigh, is outweighed by the jobs that it creates and the things that are happening, you know, for the, for the business itself. Um, so long story short, it's, it's an awareness thing, which is a beautiful thing because the real thing here is that means that the, that we don't have as many enemies as we think we have, and they're not as powerful as we think they really are. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm happy. And then that goes back to having that strong STR association showing them, Hey, we're just some little guys trying to make it. So, like, you know, in Philly, like, because if they have a, you said they have a $400 million budget for a lawsuit, and then you now you back that with well, a- not, So that's, that's, their, that's their government budget in general. It's not for one lawsuit, but I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, that's their total budget. But, I mean, come on. A slice of that is, <laughs> even a sliver of that is way more than what uh, hosts are probably willing to put up, right? Plus, you got another $100 million developer dude over here. Now, mm-hmm. I mean- so, okay, this, this is what happened in Dallas, right? Dallas did a pushback. They're like, hey, well, it's going to take this amount of time for us to figure out regulations. A week, two weeks later, they're like, oh, well, we came up with three plans, right? Mm-hmm. So that, those six months, and I, I want you to kind of be honest with, you know, are those good? Is that good six months or bad six months for operators, right? Like the lobby, I mean, not the lobbyists, but the city council isn't back there during those six months taking track of who's paying taxes or who's operating and then making their decision off that. Or are they just, what What are those six months for the council look like? What's your lobbyist doing in that time? For for Philly, right? Yeah, for just yeah, yeah for Philly, just any, yeah. 
Right, right, right. So, so, oh yeah. So, so here's the thing. Uh, yeah, the lobbies have been working. STR Hero has been working. Like sharing Philadelphia. Like we've we've all been doing stuff behind the scenes. The main thing that's happening now is, and then this is at behest of you know the decision makers, which are on our side. They're like, hey, you know, you you guys uh, to, to to basically to bring this home. You guys need to keep this in the public eye. You guys need to, you know, basically rally the troops, make sure that this is still an issue for when um, this gets brought back up again. Meaning, so, you know, this is the summertime. Uh, council goes on recess in Philadelphia around this time, and they're getting back in, in session in September. So we've been using this time to, uh, to have another event with Airbnb as well, letting everybody know about what's going on. So rallying the troops. Um, raising raising funds uh, uh, to, to to basically get the the, the last uh, leg of this thing done, and what we've also done is put out a press release, uh, which again the, the consultants helped us with. They have connections to all the the, uh, the the news sources, so we got a big old list of like I'm talking like a hundred emails of like just okay send send the press release to these folks so that we can get a news article out. So uh, that's what we've been doing, and it's basically been to keep this in the public eye. So when they come back in September and we resume our meetings with the decision makers, we then can move forward with getting the uh, the bill undone. So the issue with the bill, a bill being already in place is that you need to, the extra step is that you just have to make sure that the appetite is there, uh, remains there for city council to finish the job. And to do that, you just have to make sure that you, um, spread the word which is actually that's the easy thing to do that's what you know you guys were talking about how you had half the room was uh, was was hosts you know it's easy to spread the word um and, and that's the same thing with with the other cities we've worked in like yeah getting people to show up to council meetings isn't, isn't a hard thing that's just not the most effective thing right but now sense. that's literally all we have left to do is just make sure that people are still contacting their council members about this and hooting and hollering and not hollering in a bad way but i'm saying like you know saying hey you know this is this is really helpful for me the short-term rental industry, this is going to affect my family, specifically things like that. So that's literally the last thing that we have to do. And then they're just going to be, you know, moving forward and, and, and making the changes uh, on their end. Now, now, is your goal, you know, to get, um, you know, Airbnb 100% legal in a city, no regulations, or is your goal for good regulations? Are there good regulations? What, what are y'all what are y'all shooting for? Damn, good question. I love that. Oh, for sure. Great question. So first of all, our stance worldwide is that we think regulations are necessary. It's the next evolution of the industry. That's good regulations will keep bad actors out. Bad regulations throw the baby out with the bathwater and and restricts the industry like to the point where it will it will really dismantle it. Um, So what we normally do is we really push for regulation but but regulation that gives access to everyone so everybody has the access to do it but if they make if they make certain transgressions um or if they you know that's really the the main thing they make certain transgressions then they you lose the ability to have their license Mm. and that's what we've seen in in almost all the cities that we've had success in it's that's basically what ends up happening for instance with detroit you know, we got the band pulled completely. And, 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 and really, so what, what we're looking to do 
uh, now we would really like to have something a little more robust in place because right now there's no regulations in Detroit. They just pulled it and it's been tabled. It's done. It's not coming back. It is done. And they haven't brought up any, they, they haven't put any regulations in place. Um, but that's usually how these things go. When you're successful, it usually is like a 100% victory. It's not where they you have a half measure, even if you negotiate on half measures. So in Detroit, we had negotiations where it's like, hey, you know, well, we'd like it to be like this. And then we, what we like to do is present like a three strike rule. Mm. Okay, here's a three strike rule. If like the fire marshal gets called out three times to this property, then yeah, they get their license revoked because they're clearly causing a huge disturbance and they're not learning from their mistakes. Um, but then they came back with, oh, well, no, we don't want to do that, but let's do uh, where everybody, um, <clears throat> one second, I'm trying to remember, like, because it really doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> uh-huh. That's kind of the point that I'm really trying to make here. They, they came back with, uh, well, what we like to do is let's have it where it's everybody can operate one unit that's their primary resident plus one. Meaning you can, you can only have two units ever, which is still horrible, right? Um, that's, and again, in, in the negotiation side of things, what that means is you negotiate with the person who spearheaded the bill. So this is the person that's most against it. You're not negotiating with the rest of the city. You're negotiating with the person who spearheaded the bill. So that's what they brought back. And it was like, well, no, that doesn't sound too good. And then it got to that vote and city council was not in agreement either. So it got pulled com- com- completely. So you actually have a very good shot at just getting a 100% victory. Um, well, let's put it like this. You have, you, like, you'll get a victory, but in that victory, it's not where you're going to have some people not able to host. What usually happens is it's wide open and you have everybody you know, getting a license maybe. And then later on, discussions can be had on how to, you know, help keep out the bad actors more. I'll give you one example too. Uh, this is in Columbus, Ohio. And so Columbus, Ohio is the one city where they did what we did in Detroit uh, on their own. That's the only city worldwide that stumbled upon the same strategy. And uh, I wanna give a shout out to Ben Vale. He's a uh, uh, part of our, our, our team, he's in our mastermind. And so, it was the, literally the same thing. The same thing I'm telling you is what he did, and he was 100% successful in Columbus. And they were even proposing some things. Oh, well, let's do this. And it's like, oh, well, we'd rather have this. No, complete victory. All you got to do is apply to get a license and you get one. And then um, about three years later, what the city council brought back was, hey, we want to put something in to keep out bad actors. And they, along with the association there, brought in play the three strike rule, which I think is a good thing. And it's literally what I just told you, where it is, if something like the fire marshal, like something like, like it's, it's not just like a neighbor complaint. I'm talking like, you gotta have real city officials coming to your house because of a bad issue. If that happens three times, then you lose your license. So that's, that's where they're at right now. And we think that's a really great example of where everybody could be. Um, it's it's that that to, to me that's a really good uh, at least a good start. But that's 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 that, that's helpful. That's healthy, you know. Do, do you okay. uh, oh do you think the economics of a city has anything to do with it? Like 
I, I know Columbus is like a huge college town, right? So they need housing, right? So like in me and Steve's situation, we're in Arlington. Jerry's mm-hmm. here. He can pull a few strings, and now there's a bunch of hotels put, getting thrown up. And then if you look at like Detroit, like I just got back from Detroit and uh, looked pretty abandoned. You know, I was like, dang, it's pretty city's pretty abandoned, and uh, you know, it's got a. Were you I, downtown? Yeah, yeah, I was just up there like two weeks ago. And downtown Detroit. Uh, no, I was in North End, and then I did. Oh, oh, oof. oh, no, 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 no. North End's good, but no, North End is yeah, no, North End just looks abandoned. I mean, you're so yes, you you are correct. There's a lot of abandoned areas. So the reason you, 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 you gotta get to you gotta get to the you gotta get to downtown, man. I, I was downtown. I, was I, was I went to Ford Field, all that. But oh, okay, all right, cool, cool. I, I was just making sure, just making sure. Yes, no, no I know what you're saying though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I walked a lot in. of vacant, still a lot of vacant homes in in Detroit. Yeah, I was very now now the city. I felt cool in the city. You know, I went to the dispensary. They playing OJ the Juice Man. I'm like, oh, this is my type of hood shit. But overall, <laughs> you know, oh man, yeah, I, I was like, that sounds like the neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But overall, I was like, maybe you know, Detroit was like, well, hell, they got this huge advocacy and they're trying to bring people to the city. Maybe they're like, hey, this is what the city needs. Have you mm-hmm. seen like different like economics playing a role in this in the city council's decision or no? Uh. Not so much because, like, just to give you an example, like some of the cities where we've had success is so Charlotte, North Carolina, um, which is, you know, very different from Detroit. Um, Chicago, Illinois, which is obviously extremely different from Detroit. Um, <laughs> we, we had success there. They, they, they had done regulations way before we were ever asked to consult for them. What we did is so their, their regulations weren't horrible. And what we did is we reestablished the connection between Airbnb and the association and the city government and the association. And now if somebody has an issue where they actually can't get licensed, there's actually things where the association can pull some strings and actually get some people licensed. Again, this is not like a you know, silver bullet, but um, but again, it's 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 that advocacy side making those relationships that that really does a world of difference and so just to, just to give you kind of an example of like where where we've been it's places completely different from detroit in that in that sense I, the long story short is no there's there's many benefits to short-term rentals right yeah there's probably you know so even with dallas there's probably tons of economic benefits you can think of with short-term rentals and remember it's not it, it's so the thing about this is it's not about it's really not about the money in that sense it really is. It's about what, what really makes the difference is, again, showing that the people that are being banned by this are the people they want to protect. And in every city, basically, in the world, it's the same thing, because in every city, basically, in the world, it is local uh, majority, local small businesses that are being affected, period. So, no, is my short answer. And the reasoning is is, is basically that. And just to give you an example as well, a lot of people try and lead with the data and they try and lead with the dollars and like, oh, you're bringing in so many tax dollars. Why do you want to shut this off? They don't care. It's not about that. They will literally, this is not a logic battle. It is a emotions battle. It's an awareness. It's a, when I say awareness, you're, you're, you're making them aware about the impact that will emotionally affect them. Meaning, oh, this is taking out businesses and folks that I'm supposed to be protecting. And that's what happens first. All of the, the numbers and stuff, it's, it's, it's secondary. And so, and again, with all, all being very business-minded, coming into this as a short-term rental 
you know, business owner, it's it's like it's it's like another language, right? It, it makes no sense. You're like, well, wait, 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 the dollars and cents don't make sense here. Why are you shutting this off? That's not how they think. They're thinking purely on emotion. That's why they're banning you guys is because of emotion. All they're hearing is the cries of people saying, hey, there's a party here. There's this, there's that. They're not hearing from the 90 percent of great hosts that are going to be hurt by this. You see what I mean? And they're not hearing about you guys in the right way, in the right channels. So that's really what's affecting it. And so I always say to people, it's like when people start doing advocacy with me, it's like I, I, I start talking like, uh, I, I'd be like, here, you know, this is the Yoda quote. You have to unlearn what you have learned because basically everything you probably think about advocacy and like why people are getting banned is it's, it's, it's incorrect. But it's a good thing because if it was what we thought we'd be in a lot of trouble but it's not mm. you know so that's a good thing <clears throat> stuff man good stuff um so is this like your full-time your full-time gig now going around and and you know saving cities from bands better me it better be man man these suits ain't cheap man i mean <laughs> come on yeah uh so i'm still a i still have a short-term rental brand um but i have a great team that's been uh doing most most of everything for me um so, and it's really been my mission to, uh, to literally save the short-term rental industry because the world needs it. The world, the short-term rental industry worldwide needs this. The same issues are happening worldwide and, you know, somebody's got to do it. So um, we actually, we, we have a goal to be working with 50 cities by the end of the year and we're, uh, you know, to do that, it's take it's, it, you know, it's, it's, uh, it requires almost all of my time, uh, uh, you know, on the business side of things. So yes, this is the full time um, thing. This is this is the mission. Uh, our that, that that's our goal. We, we want to save the industry. <clears throat> so you I'll go, go, well, go I, I hope you're getting paid, <laughs> paid well for your efforts, man. <laughs> hey, I start I started off for free, saving my own business. After that, you know, hey, you, look, unfortunately, folks, uh, let's put it like this. Yes, we, we cannot do this for free and we don't do this for free. I will also say this, too. You know, we understand that we're helping grassroots organizations like we're helping in, in, in a way people, people to an extent who are who are less fortunate. You know, this industry is somewhat less fortunate because there's a lot of folks that don't have a lot of, you know, coin to rub together. They've invested their their time and their money into their business. And now they're on the back foot and they're they're about to get banned. So, um, you know, we've been lucky to work with sponsors to who have helped us uh, also fund these things. Uh, but, yeah, you know, this is completely grassroots. And uh, yeah, yeah. Ha happy to be able to um, support myself while, you know, helping the industry. But we try to help out as much as possible and sponsors help us do that, too. And, and folks like you guys out there, if you guys want to donate, please do. Um, you know, we'll. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to give you guys the link to sharing Philadelphia. Uh, I, I wanted to go to a specific place um, at this time. So, you know, that's 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 what we're immediately looking to raise money for right now. Um, we raise money for a lot of organizations, but, you know, every dollar, every dollar helps. So everybody out there, you know, if you're one of us, support us in this industry, because this could be this will. If it's not it's not a if it's when this will be happening in your neck of the woods and you want to be helped as well. Uh, I had a question for you. Uh, 
um yeah you said about your mastermind you because I, I think i've seen ben veil on uh Insta- facebook so mm-hmm. how would one join your mastermind is your mastermind all about getting people from different cities to create advocacy groups or how does that work for sure um so you know literally what we call it is the str justice league and that's literally how you want to think about it we are all for one and one for all that means that we help each other with individual fights meaning so for instance philadelphia when when they have an issue like they're in the mastermind we talk about it we work it out with them and um and they get that stuff done but then they also help other folks in the mastermind with their issues and so we are you know we are perfect for folks who one first of all you need to be dedicated you need to be serious about this because we don't just take on anybody that's just kind of half in or, or, or for lack of a better term, half assing it because this is serious. This is, you know, you're protecting, you're protecting at, at, at least thousands of business owners. And if not, it, it'd be, and really at most, you're protecting millions of people's property rights if you're taking this on. So we want people who are serious about this, invested in the industry, really want to see change and we help them solve their problems. So. That's how we've been able to have all the successes we've had is working in these masterminds to solve these issues. And uh, we've been completely successful so far. So it's 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 not for everybody. It's really for folks who want to either be a part of an association or start an association and they want to solve their regulation issue. They want to, you know, keep their businesses going from a ban or they want to prevent something like that from ever even happening. So, you know, we're the vitamin or we'll play this. We're like the penicillin or the 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 medicine, but then we're also the vitamin. We're the medicine if you're having an issue right now, but then we're also the vitamin if you want to stay strong or be strong so that when the government tries to propose a ban, you're prepared or you already have the relationship with the government because of us. And they never even try and propose a ban. They 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 actually reach out to you and say, "Hey, we want to do some regulations, but let's make them fair regulations that are actually good for the industry." So that's who we're for. And um, yeah, if 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 you're if you're interested, uh, we 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 do this on an interview basis. So uh, we'll have a 15 minute call, and I'll and I actually personally handle those. So I'll ask you questions to see if you're a good fit. And if we find you're a good fit, we'll. Uh, We'll, 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 we'll tell you about the options and all that stuff and, and tell you what you need to move forward. <clears throat> Man, cool. Want to be an STR hero? Hit up theory. <laughs> exactly. See, it's not the STR hero. It's STR hero. Oh. Everybody who works with us is a hero. It's really what it is. <laughs> now, we got a question from a fan. We'll just call her Julie G. All right. And she says, have you been stuck in that suit since Austin? And um, is that zipper a little bit tricky to work? So I'll answer the first part of that. I may or may not have been showering in this suit and, uh, you know, working out in this. No, I'm just I'm totally kidding. (laughs) I uh, uh, I, thankfully I have not. I've been able to get out of the suit. Um, you know, got, I have my alter ego. I gotta, I, I, I gotta meet with people. I gotta, you know, have regular conversations, right? So uh, I'm able to put on my my alter ego and my my regular, you know, shirt and jeans and all that stuff, Clark Kent style. Um, but <laughs> the zipper, uh, you know, it's it's funny. So I have to shout out, I have to shout out Julie George, and 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 you know, she is like. 
she, she's like my big sister. I'm telling you, she's, she's, she's fantastic. And I really appreciate her. She actually, first of all, I have to give her a little, uh, I have to give her the credit for the spark of this because she, uh, in our clubhouse calls, she was always talking about how, oh, you know, and this just came, you know, out of nowhere. She was like, oh, you know, by the way, it sounds like what you're doing, you're saving the industry. You know, you're, you're the superhero of the STR industry. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, cool. And I'm like, all right, that sounds interesting. And, uh, and then it just became this running joke where uh, she was like, okay, one of these days you're gonna have to have a, you're gonna have to have a superhero outfit and you have to have on the tights. So you better be ha- doing your leg day. And I'm like, you know what? I'm never skipping leg day. Uh, I'm, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. Today. Yeah, it's, it's the funniest thing. So all the OG listeners to the clubhouse rem- probably remembers this because we brought it up at least uh, a couple times a month. And, um, you know, all of a sudden, I, we just started doing some market research and testing things. And that's really what people felt like. They felt, you know, hey, you know, what you're doing, I feel like you're a hero to the industry. And, you know, we really needed to make this something that is bright and brings attention to the subject because this is the most important issue in the industry right no matter how much we learn no matter how great we are at our business if the government bans us we're done no matter how good we are so solving this is the most important thing in the industry so we had to bring something that would actually bring that attention to a somewhat boring subject right regulations aren't always the sexiest thing to talk about And, and one more question from julie g she said, um, if, if you mar- if she married you, would you get her a green card? <laughs> you, you, look, I'll, I'll say this directly to Julie. Julie, you, 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 have, you can have whatever you want. You can have whatever, whatever you like, whatever you like. I, 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 I will, look, green card, extra passport. You know what? Look, anything, any, anything for you, Julie. <laughs> Julie, anything. Well, cool, man. Where can people find you and, and, you know, send money and all that stuff? For sure. So um, you can find me on uh, you can find me on YouTube at STR Hero. Uh, We're building that up a lot. We have a lot of our content on there. We have a lot of uh, events. Our Philly event with Airbnb was last posted on there. So you can check that out. And uh, uh, the best way to reach me is through Instagram, which is the STR Hero. Though our website is strhero.com. And you can email me at Theron. That's T is in Tom, H is in Henry, E is in everyone, R is in Ronald, O is in only, N is in Nancy, at the strhero.com. So multiple ways to reach out. I would say the quickest way, just hit me up on Instagram, the STR Hero. And Thank if you, you want s- to donate, go to sharingphiladelphia.org. Scroll down to the donate um, section and, and donate to the cause in, in Philadelphia. We're on the home stretch. We're about to, you know, we're about to do what people thought was impossible back in the day. You know, by, by back in the day, I mean, you know, yesterday. By, you know, <laughs> people still think it's impossible. But, you know, success in 10 cities. This is just uh, another one where we want to have another success. So, uh, yeah, we, we're really excited and we want to bring this worldwide. So looking forward to helping people in a city near them. <clears throat> Thank you so much, Theron, for going out there and fighting the good fight for all of us, man. We were sure. 100% behind you, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Coming I'll say Dallas. one last thing in closing. Atlanta, Dallas, Oahu, Hawaii, 
y'all have not listened to my advice and you guys are losing because of it, but it's not too late. Anybody in that area, and I know you guys are in this situation too, send this to the board. Tell them, I will consult with them for free just so they can get things started but they we need to we need to meet because uh you, you, you got it's not about you guys you guys are going to jeopardize thousands upon thousands of property owners and not even property owners excuse me thousands and thousands of citizens thousands and thousands of business owners if you guys don't uh, do the right thing so uh, I, I know it's tough i know people are scared and they have to you know a lot of politics that goes into these associations. They're there. They want to do their own thing, but you know, you guys are doing the wrong thing and I want to help you guys. So thanks to our sponsors, we're able to help you guys for free to start off so that you guys can get the leg up. So, you know, when this gets chopped up or whatever, let's, let's blast that out there because we want to save you guys, but you guys have to step up. Well, one thing you opened a can of worms, you said Dallas in there. Hold on. What, what hasn't Dallas done? Oh, they, they basically haven't done anything that I explained to you. <laughs> they don't yeah. have an association? So they have an association, but remember what I said, an association, a strong association is one that has the right strategy. So they, I, to my knowledge, and I, I, this is as of um, at least two weeks ago, they have not hired a lobbyist. They haven't had any backroom conversations with uh, the, the decision makers and the right folks that the decision makers care about. And that's key. And, and this isn't something to disparage anybody. I'm just saying that is what's not happening. And that's what's causing them to lose. I'm it's, happy. it's basically the same solution everywhere. I'm happy you said that. Now we might we have to release your video a week early so we can post this to the uh, Dallas Airbnb people because I didn't know they didn't have a lobbyist because they've been having these big drives selling wings and shit and uh, yeah. nobody. Hey, you, look, it, it's again, it's I, I think they have their heart in the right place, but it's it's not going the right way. Um, from my knowledge, they they have only been doing the um, what is it the council hearings. And as I mentioned to you guys, the council hearings is like the least effective part of everything. It's, it really doesn't, it, it does barely anything on its own. So, um, but I'm willing, I'm willing to, you know, again, thanks to the sponsors, we're able to help them um, to get started for free. We got to get going though. It's times, times of the essence. <clears throat> hey man, Dallas out here having the fish fry for the funeral. All right. So yeah, thanks for it. We might have to release this one early, but yeah, thanks for that, you know. Absolutely. My pleasure. My pleasure. And, uh, you know, I'm wishing you guys all the best. And, uh, hey, if we're doing our part, then the short-term rental industry will definitely be saved. Thanks, Darren. We'll see you Thank soon, you man. All right. Talk to you all soon. See you. Take care. Now go fly, right. fly, fly away. That was greatness. Good stuff, good stuff, man. Yeah, that, that was a good episode. Dang, I, I kind of threw me for a loop, the Dallas thing, man, because I I thought they were on top of their stuff, but clearly not. Uh, so well, I'll definitely be talking to a few Dallas people. Just make sure that we're on top of our stuff over there. So uh, this is a really good episode. He answered a lot of questions I had. Um, basically, I have a whole note notebook for questions I had. But, yeah, I'm happy you brought up the whole you do have to involve the OTAs thing because – you know me, I'm not an Airbnb advocate, but I guess you do have to use them. 
I guess, I mean, we have no choice. We have to get involved, man, because this is our business. These are a lot of people's livelihoods, man. So we have to do something. Doing nothing didn't work. Well, we tried. We were doing the wrong things in Arlington. Uh, we didn't have an inside person out there. They even did the lawsuit thing, which he said that doesn't, this is not very fruitful. I even heard that um, <laughs> at one of the city council meetings, one of uh, one of our people, you know, the, the ones for Airbnb, short-term rentals, told them, hey, we we hear that you have like this huge budget to hire this most expensive law firm in the country to protect you. Well, he's complaining to the city council, right? And city council is like, well, we are, we are, you know, given money and we have the right to protect ourselves, you know, said it real calmly, pretty much. They haven't, you know, a blank check to write to the most expensive lawyer law firm in the country. And you're going to go hire Joe Schmo lawyer off the street to, to try to defend. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> Grapevine's spending a shitload of money too on a lawsuit. Yeah, but <laughs> he said no lawsuits ever won, man. You got to have an insider, man. You got to go and you got to bombs. Man. I tell people that, bro. Like, that's how anything gets passed in this country, man. You got to go grease some pockets, man. That's just simply how it works. <laughs> economics man that's what you you we've created the economics with the short-term rental and now we got to go grease some pockets man that's it man or or we're gonna get greased ourselves shit hell yeah uh. <laughs> but good thing about dallas though they aren't gonna ban it outright they they've already said that they aren't gonna ban it outright it's just it's just gonna put some regulations on certain certain neighborhoods you know so uh you know well the scary one is if it's only in lodging places like he said only hotel zoned areas like that's one of the options. That one's scary. multi-family zoned. Is that what it was? Commercial, commercial zoned. So therefore, when it's commercial zone, you can still get a little. Okay. You know, you can still get a little. Uh, what's it? Creative and operate. It's just a few. Now, if they ban it in residential neighborhoods, that could hurt. That's gonna hurt people with houses. People are jumping ship already in Dallas. Shit. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Anyways, well, th- that was a great show, man. Uh, where can people find us? Find us IG at Live Let Thrive, TikTok at Live Let Thrive. Also, the master class is coming up August 20th. Make sure you're there, get your tickets. Also, make sure you're in these clubhouse rooms 7:30. Two people got 50% off to that master class just for being in the room. So make sure mm-hmm. y'all hit us up there. Follow the clubhouse IG, join that Facebook group. Uh, leave us a, a review on honest review on uh, iTunes. Even if you don't like us, if you don't like us, we'll probably just read it out loud and laugh. Also, and uh, hit that subscribe button. Yeah, and and, and check out Share BNB, my buddies, uh, badass uh, rental company, and um, and uh, Argus Rentals. You know, Argus is the largest. A R G E S T Rentals. Hit us up, Share BNB, PBD Living. Oh yeah. Hey, we got to get you a, uh, what's it called back there, man? An Argus rental sign, my guy. Oh, we do need one. I'm, I'm pipping my hat. Everybody's complimenting my hat. So I, I had to wear the hat today. Man. I advertise. Look, I advertise every show, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, man, thank y'all for continuing to listen to us, man. It's been a fun journey and we're going to keep pumping it out. Hopefully we hit episode 300 by the end of the year. Possibly we'll see. Mm. So, man, this has been fun, man. If we hit 300, they, and we got some big stuff coming for y'all. So y'all continue to listen. We are out. LLT out. Peace. Later. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.